for the final non-contest of the season. The Sooners must survive a storm. The road for this first away battle is a familiar one. That 100-mile corridor that leads to T-Town. Green Country welcomes the Crimson and Cream. Play action, throw across the middle. Wide open! Andrew Anthony walks into the end zone. Touchdown, Oklahoma! Back to pass, Williams throws left side toward the end zone, and it's caught by shoulders. Back of the end zone, touchdown! Today, the pristine road white fits of OU are on display. Can Danny and the D again be great against their turnpike foes from the 918? We're about to find out. It's football time in Oklahoma. Throw, slant, caught by Farouk at the 10, breaks a tackle, makes a move! Touchdown! Touchdown! Double OQ! Get off me to the 10, down the sidelines to the 5, leaping into the end zone, Marcus Major galloping past Mustangs! Touchdown! Well, you know I've been through it when I set my watch back to it. We are living on Tulsa time today. It's the Oklahoma Sooners and the Tulsa Golden Hurricane. Here we go. Live from A.J. Chapman Stadium in Tulsa, Oklahoma. This is Sooner Football. I feel the master. I feel the All we got? I mean, doesn't sound like everyone's ready in here. We got game day tomorrow, don't we? Jeez, let's go, guys. I didn't know you were hype, man. I, well, I everyone that showed up, everyone that showed up here was like, "Is Teddy gonna talk to me? Is Teddy gonna be fun? Is he to me?" And like, you're trying to hype everyone up. Well, it must would, be a football Friday. Let's go. I mean, I thought it was a scene setter, but it, it, it's a good scene around here. This is a lot of fun. This is a cool spot. I've never I been here before. First timer. Well, you've been to a garage before. You I haven't have. been to this garage. Never been to this one. It's a no, cool spot. This is um, this is fun, man. We got so many members of the Ref Army. I saw you met Gunny for the first time. We got Loco Ohio. We oh, got no, so we go many. back. We go back a long ways. I met him last week at pregame. <laughs> yeah, I can believe that. We go man. back a long ways. Uh, well, we got a uh, fun one tomorrow, two thirty on ESPN two. Do you count? Because we're gonna we're, we've been doing this on the text line. I'm gonna put it out on uh, social media. Do you count as a nine one like a Nine one eight or like where does Fort Gibson fall in that? Man, we're we're trying to place. figure out the best player in OU football history ever come out of Tulsa. So I'm trying to figure out if like Fort Gibson counts. Well, I'm if, trying to figure out if Miami counts. If Fort Gibson counts, then you fall accounts, and if you fall accounts, well, it's a short conversation. So just inside the greater right. Tulsa city limits is how we need I to do it. I think that's probably the best way to do it. And you know what? I'm probably not as well versed in that as I need to be. I mean, whenever you, I mean, I know, like, my era forward, but I don't know where a lot of the older guys are from as far as Tulsa. I mean, well, how's the list look? Uh, well, the list looks amazing. There's no problem with the list here. It's just, what's your preference? Spencer Tillman, okay. Jimbo Elrod, yeah. Tony Casillas, uh-huh. Rocky Kalmas, yeah. Patrick Collins, David Vickers, Kewan Jones, Mac McCoy, Corey Callens. Just to name a few there. Yeah, that's a good list. I, 
just off of that list alone, I don't. I wouldn't even know how to pick off of that one. You're Rock, right. Rocky's got a chance to be. Oh uh, well. You know I mean, the best from Tulsa. Without a doubt, incredible, incredible. Four-year starter, which I don't know if he uh, wants to be associated with his freshman year starting, but he still <laughs> did and played really good that year. So, no, nah, I. I He'd have my vote for sure. So we do early week score fill, midweek score fill, Friday score fill. Mm-hmm. First two weeks, I really haven't changed all that much how I feel about a final score. But, man, I, I told you a week ago, oh, you plays well defensively against SMU. Yeah. I'm going to start making picks based on defensive expectations. Well, early week I had, I think, 45-10. Forget that, man. I mean, this is, this is a game where I think, oh, you should flex again defensively. Shut out. Is it coming? Is that what we're going to say here? 45 nothing. Yeah, defensive expectations. Well, I, I think that there's a really good chance of that. I, you know, what, what Coach Wilson's doing, you know, we talked about this throughout the week. He's trying to implement their foundation. I don't think he's too worried about showing up, trying to reinvent the will, trying to do things that they're not going to do in the future to try and get a win over Oklahoma. They'll have a couple of things that they throw in, but – you know, he's going to work on the, the bread and butter of, of what he wants that offense to be moving forward, and that's going to present a problem for them personnel-wise. Uh, with, with the way our defense is playing right now, with the speed that we have on the second level, the, the advantage we're going to have on the line of scrimmage, and, and I said this yesterday, again, it's not, a, not to put down what they do offensively, but it, they are very limited in, like, as far as playbook-wise. You remember when we went and played UCLA and I was laughing about how they ran the same exact play yeah. the entire game? The game where there were 80% OU fans out there at the Rose Bowl? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be similar to that with, with Tulsa. They're not go- like Their playbook's going to be very limited, going to be very small, and it's actually things that I think we should be able to defend really well. I'll tell you, um, and I'm not ready just yet to abandon these old feelings that I've had defensively. Brian, tell me what you think about this. So in the past, like last year, oh, you could be like the vibes could be good on a defensive series. Let's say it's a third and seven, right? Mm-hmm. OU gives up a third and seven, and then you have this feeling like, oh it god, they're about to go score now. House of cards. It's early, and they're be, they're a lot better on third down, so we haven't had that many. But being able to regroup maybe after giving up a first down or two, and it not being an automatic touchdown drive yep. so far has been. I've just been so trained to oh, they gave up a first down. That team's getting points, and that hasn't really happened so well, far. That's I, nice. I, yeah, I think one of the good things is because there's been mistakes out there. There's there's a lot of mistakes. There always is. But, you know, a, a, a mistake and a missed tackle is really resulting in like a five-yard gain extra, right? It's not a 35, 45-yard, you know, out-the-gate, touchdown, explosive play. So they've been really limited there. And, you know, as you get better defensively, and teams start to move down the field on you. There's you start to you you have a comfort level because you know, the closer they get, the harder it is going to be on them. And I feel like this defense is starting to recognize that a little bit. Is it's okay, just make them snap it again. Always make them snap it again because the the closer they get again, the easier it becomes for you to play defense. The playbook gets way more limited. Uh, obviously the field condenses you've got way more guys there available so yeah just if if you just don't give up the big explosive play for a touchdown i think we'll be fine and 
so far so good in that regard. Right. I mean, that's, that's that's how it should be. I mean, yeah. that's how it is, but it hasn't been that way the past few no. years. But they've only given up one touchdown, and it felt like SMU really had to fight just to get that one score. Yeah. Like the two-point conversion, it felt like there was a push-off and like a yeah. lobbed ball up there just to make that play. Well, yeah, we had to. They're we, just making it more difficult, which is nice. Yeah, we, uh, I mean. We kind of handed them, well, not handed it to them, but, you know, like you said, they still, we had to get penalized and everything, get them right down there close. Now, I think we're in a really good position defensively. But, again, like, we still haven't seen, and I don't, frankly, I don't think we're going to see it this week with Tulsa. Next week with Cincinnati, you know, they're going to be dangerous. Like, what, what Cincinnati's going to do offensively, is a total, totally different animal than what you're going to see against Tulsa. Tulsa is going to be a, a slower kind of a like what we would consider a traditional spread offense is what you're going to see from Tulsa. Cincinnati is unconventional. It's like, it, trip, they run triple option stuff. So I mean, it's going to be totally. Oh, different. and that quarterback, you could feel like you've played it perfectly. He just gets loose, right. and he ends up, yeah, it's a 15-yard game. So, sure. like, with that comes, you know, whenever you do give up a big play on a kind of a unique triple option type of look, and, okay, they score on a 50-yard run. That's whenever I'm, I'm curious to see how they respond and does the whole, you know, whole thing fall apart like it has previously where everyone starts to question one another, question the call. Uh, are my teammates going to be able to make the play? Do I need to go over there and help make it for them? And then the whole thing just kind of disintegrates from that point. We haven't gotten there, and I feel like we're in a much better spot than we've – gosh. I mean, it, it goes back a long but time. But tomorrow, man, defensively, it's just continuing and even evolving a little bit more from what we've seen the first two weeks. Yeah. Because it was good against Arkansas State. We're excited. All right, let's see it again against SMU, a better offense. And they did that. i probably yeah. more impressed – last week than what I was the first week against Arkansas State. So it's just a continuation of that, right? Like, that's the next step defensively. They're better. They're more talented. They're bigger. They're faster. It's all about consistency week in, week out, down in and down out. Tomorrow doesn't tell the entire story, but it shows that maybe they can string consecutive games together. Let's get to the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line before we get a break. Five-star Randy says, this looks like a complimentary style of game, and the offense will sustain long drives while taking some shots downfield. The defense will get more three and outs. They should score in the 40s and only allow single digits. We're good with single digits. Is there a number tomorrow offensively that we feel like they need to get to? We did this this last week with the defense, right? Is there a number offensively to say if they get this or over, then, yeah, that's a good day offensively? Not really. I think it all just depends how it unfolds, right? Um, I can see I, if our defense is absolutely shutting them down. I, we got a shutout going into the deep into the second half. I can see the University of Oklahoma head football coach Brent Venables. I pull him back on the reins quite a bit, and that may be hard if you get you know, like Jackson Arnold and those Seriously, guys in and missed a throw yet. Yeah, so I don't know. I the number really doesn't matter. I want to see them run the football well, create some space in the running game. I want Dylan Gabriel to, to look good in, in the intermediate, and I want to see us test the test downfield a lot. And uh, here's the big thing that I'm looking for offensively. Next week against Cincinnati, we are going to get press, 
cover one, man to man. And Dylan Gabriel is going to have to throw the ball up to cover guys and let them make plays. He just has to do it because you're not, there's going to be intense pressure on the quarterback. You're not going to have big, wide open windows to throw the ball. Like, guys are going to look covered. You have to trust them to go make plays on it. I, I want to see that this week because if we haven't seen it really in week, well, we did see it in week one. We didn't see it in week two, but if we go two weeks without seeing that, it be very odd. And then we're going to Cincinnati into that place is going to be, I was at 38,000. It's going to be as loud as 38,000 can get at 11 a.m. Um, they got a really good defense. So, like, to me, that's, that's the thing I want to see is start throwing the football up to some size. I'm not, like, as concerned. I mean, I'd like to see it tomorrow. Don't get me wrong. Not as concerned about it tomorrow as I am moving forward, but. How much this offseason, we talk about time of possession and OU's inability to win it, right? Yeah. And they did it game one, but they didn't against SMU last week. So I don't know if the offensive game plan or stylistically, if they're, you know, reminding themselves that they need to get back to winning time of possession, and that was the reason we saw some things offensively. But we can't move forward. I don't care how much better the defense is, and the defense is better. We can't move forward here talking about OU only winning the time of possession three times out of the entire year. That's yeah. not – that's not a recipe for winning a conference championship. Yeah, you know, and that's one of those stats that isn't always what it seems, you know, time of possession. Now, if you find yourself in a, in a really close football game, it can, it, can, it can tell a story as to what's going on out there on the field. And I think the, as you look throughout a season and see what the trend is with your team in time of possession, it can tell a little bit of a story. But in, in some non-conference games where there's some lopsidedness, perhaps talent-wise, and like, drives just unfold a little bit differently than they will whenever you're against more even-matched people, it can, it can maybe be – it can lie to you a little bit right yeah. now. But That's what I'm saying. I'm not yeah. as much concerned about seeing it tomorrow, but moving forward for sure. We need to be a team that can control the clock, control the ball, uh, especially if we've got a defense that we really trust. And you got to be able to run the football doing that. And here's the thing, like, what do we say in the offseason? Totally expect the quarterback run game to be a much bigger factor this season because of our backup quarterback situation. I still believe that. I know they haven't shown that. But I don't think there's any reason to run your quarterback whenever you don't need to run your quarterback, right? So, like, I'm not expecting to see it tomorrow against Tulsa, but I'm expecting to see it a bunch against Cincinnati. Well, Sark's Vodka is expecting you to take a shot with him when he shows up here later on. So I hope... Uh, a shot of Dr. Pepper? I hope you brought your uh, drinking pants today here at the, at the garage in Tulsa, man. I actually did bring my drinking pants. I forgot to pack my other pants, so uh, it's drinking right pants all weekend occasion. for me. Yeah, hey, if you're not going to the OUTU game tomorrow, uh, well, just go to eatatthegarage.com to find a location near you. But i got to tell you, man, 7104 South Sheridan here in T-Town. This is awesome. Huge bar area. Great TV setup. If you can't make it out to the game tomorrow and you're up here in the 918, I would, uh, I'd make it over here to the garage. It's going to be a really fun spot to watch the game. Yeah. Um, let's, let's do this, man. I, offensively, what do we want to see tomorrow? I've got one particular player that we can talk about coming up next, but – there is one guy in particular offensively. There's a, a lot of different players we want to see. I know who it is. But I think it's a big day for him tomorrow. We'll see if you know who it is when we get back here. All right. Let's hit a quick timeout. 
More from the rush coming up. Keep hitting the text line, 651-3439. We'll be back. It's Tulsa Day, live on The Ref. We're at Smitty's Garage, Burgers and Beer. The Ref Army is out here, which we always appreciate. Third annual Tulsa Day. Uh, we'll be here until 6 p.m. And, of course, Chicken and the Wolf tomorrow for pre- and post-game of OUTU 2.30 kickoff on ESPN2. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman again. We're at 7104 South Sheridan. Smitty's Garage, Burgers and Beer. Yeah, you guessed it. I didn't, uh, I didn't, I didn't hide it very well. Uh, one particular player has a very important day tomorrow. We go to break. You said, Savion Bird. I said, yep. Yeah. After last week, man, it's... Tomorrow's a big day for him performance-wise, effort-wise. He's, he's got to come out with his best consistently, yeah. down in and down out. Yeah, I agree. He's, he's got so much talent. Um, he, he plays with a mean streak. But he's off to, off to a little bit slower start than, than I bet he hoped he was going to be off to. That's okay. We got, we got some time. He's got, you know, I'm sure this week of practice was, you know, as a, as a coach – you almost hope that in the non-conference that you're there, there's a game where you don't play well, you know, to where you can crank things up and and you know, show, you know, I think everyone understands like turn the intensity level up at practice, and I know that that's what happened. They whenever Bill Beatonboat like just turns around and walks off and gives the offensive line the silent treatment, like that's whenever you know. You've gone way I'm not past mad. the limit. I, Well, I'm mad and I'm disappointed. I'm, I'm both of those things. Yeah. No, and I, and I phrase it to where, like, he personally, Savion Bird, needs to have a big game tomorrow. I think it's deeper than that. This team needs Savion Bird to have mm-hmm. a much better game tomorrow because I think whatever the true potential is of this offensive line, and no offense to Troy Everett, he's a, he's a nice player. He's a nice rotational yeah. player. But the real potential, the real ceiling of this offensive line, I don't, I don't think that they can get there without Savion Bird playing at a high level. No. So he needs it. This team needs it. It's, it's a big day for everyone tomorrow. Well, especially with what we've seen so far, I don't, I don't think this team makes it very far if we don't have the best or right there on the level of the best offensive line in the conference. I just don't think we make it that far. Now, my opinion could change if all of a sudden I see running backs that are able to take any play to the house at any moment. If I see wide receivers that are capable of, uh, you know, going over the top and making huge plays whenever they're covered and making guys miss on a more regular basis like we saw from Farouk. We just haven't seen that, right? So until we see that, I'm saying, like, the offense is only going to go as far as the offensive line can take us. And I still believe that that's pretty far, but you know they've got a long way to go from where they were in week two. Let's see. Um, I'm I'm curious what the ref army thinks that the, that's here at the garage. What they think of this take on the uh, text line from Trey? Boo if you think that this is a bad take. <laughs> Cheer really loud if you think it's an awesome take. It's not from us. It's from Trey on the text line. OU basically has a worse version of Kirk Cousins at quarterback. You're never going to win a big-time game with him. They don't like that, Trey. You heard the boos there. Worst version of Kirk Cousins. I've never heard that about Dylan Gabriel. You know, <laughs> what do you think? It's actually a really interesting comparison. Trey's been on an all-out assault on Dylan Gabriel this week. Yeah. Man. Well, 
it's an interesting, you know, a couple years ago, the huge beef with the Vikings is that they would not throw the ball down the field, right? They are absolutely averse to taking shots down the field. And, you know, a lot of people blame that on Kirk Cousins being way too conservative. And, and maybe that's the case. And I, I just I don't know that that translates to the current situation at Oklahoma. Uh, I think Dylan Gabriel is willing to push the ball down the field and is good at pushing the ball down the field whenever he has that opportunity. And we just didn't have a whole lot of opportunities. And we, well, we had no opportunities in week two for whatever reason. I don't know what that reason is, but hopefully we see him push it downfield. I, I mean, I, I know Jackson Arnold is definitely willing to push it down the field. Oh yeah, there's he's he's not he's not scared Which, to go for it. You know, a lot of young guys are like that until they you sure. know make a mistake. But. I and I said this earlier, so like if there comes a time this year where we got to be critical about Dylan Gabriel, okay, I'll get there. But now is. Now is not that time, man. Like, if you want to talk about the top three, five things that have happened so far, Dylan Gabriel's right there in that group. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's played to a Heisman level necessarily, but he hadn't turned the ball over yet, correct? Really hasn't gotten no. close to turning the ball over. And the times he's been asked to make the more difficult throws down the field, they've either been caught or a defender's tackled the wide receiver. So yeah. I just, I'm not anywhere close to being there with Dylan Gabriel and being critical. I've, kind of like what he's shown the first two games. I do. Here's what I don't know. I don't know if, you know, because our offense is, our offense is pretty limited. We don't have a lot of variety. And I think that's by design. You know, a lot of the things we do are, like we do the same thing a bunch of different ways. Right, we'll get to a bunch of different formations and motions to throw the, the little bubble stuff. We'll get to a bunch of different formations and motions to run split zone. But that's really all we do. We run split zone and we run counter. That's about all we do offensively when it comes to the run game. In, in the passing game, all we really do is throw, we throw the bubble stuff on the perimeter. We throw the RPO like the spears or the slants. And every now and then we throw a takeoff or, like, we've hit a couple of comeback routes out there on the outside. There's not a lot of variety in what we do. And what I don't know is I don't know if that is because they think Dylan Gabriel's limited or if that's just the way the offense runs. And I believe it's the way the offense runs. But if it continues to, to go that way, I – I don't know how far we're going to go. Maybe Trey didn't watch the Netflix show. Was it QB? Was it QB one? Yeah. How could you not watch that and not love Kirk Cousins? I, just, I mean, a bit of a dork, but you know who's who's not right? He's came across as extremely likable in that show. Yeah, it's interesting. Is Dylan Gabriel really just a uh, a sleeve tatted like a cooler version of, of Kirk Cousins? It's what, interesting. What is like his wife dresses him? Is like, oh, I bet that guy's dripping with Cole's cash. It's not. A, <laughs> it's not a bad spot to be in life. If we not see, a bad spot to be. if we see Dylan Gabriel in a short sleeve like uh, patterned button up yeah. or something, yeah. we're in trouble. Panda in Texas says, "Geez, I hope Tulsa isn't listening. You're giving up our whole playbook." LOL. What playbook? Hey, you don't think they've watched every single snap that Dylan Gabriel's played quarterback his whole entire life? 
They've, they've watched everything. They've watched this year's games. They've watched last year's games. They've watched uh, Levy's offense whenever he's calling it at UCF. They've probably watched some old Baylor stuff. They watch all. And what are they saying after they watched last week's film? What do they come away saying? We're going to beat the hell out of these guys. No, no, I don't know. They said, well, they ain't showing nothing till Texas. <laughs> That's right. Hey, today is a significant date in OU football history. Half a hundred years ago today, Barry Bygod mm. Switzer coached his first game as the head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners. Fifty years ago today, they rolled down to Waco and won 42-14. Not a bad little career. I was watching a video earlier today. Um, he's talking about how he got interviewed, and he was told, all right, you got the job, you're 35 years old, you got nine months. <laughs> so nowadays in college football, you get three years to, to yeah. kind of get a program running, and he took over a program that was in, in good shape. But he was told, all right, you got nine months. Hope you can figure it out. So I and feel like he did. What? They, so they went down and they beat Baylor, and then was week two against USC? Tied USC Tied? the next week. Didn't lose a game that year. It was on the year. road, though, right? I think it was at USC. Didn't lose a And I think they had like a, a couple of stars that didn't play in that game, maybe. I don't remember all the details, but what a career, man. Absolute stud, still out and about. Uh, Got to love the Kings. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of things to aspire to, to be like Barry Switzer. The ability to remember everyone's name that he's ever met in his entire life, I've never seen anything like it hey, before. It'll take oh you gosh. that will take you really far in life. I mean that he did it as a as a football coach because he's a people people person, like politicians, businessmen, like that 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 skill alone can take you a really long ways. Jim in Arlington says Barry Switzer made $24,000 his first two years at OU. He should have been coaching uh, half a hundred years later. No A bit more than $24,000, huh? Well, I don't know. It appears that he's done just fine. Well, that's true. But uh, what a crazy time, man. Which I don't – as far as I know, no one really made a whole lot of money until like – Even when you were playing, like a million felt like – Quite a yeah. quite a bit of cash. Well, whenever well, I mean, the, is, the whole conference championship games and like ESPN and more games getting televised, there was like an explosion of of money into college football in the nineties. Like, it's a totally different animal. Like if you would have saw the facilities at Oklahoma in the late nineties compared to what they are right now, I the facilities at Oklahoma in the nineties probably weren't better than like the big yeah. high schools and that was my favorite part of uh <laughs> bob stoops's speech after uh, muleshoe left is basically i promise you this program's in a hell of a lot better shape than it was when we got here in 99 <laughs> it's That's a hell true. of a lot like, he really wanted to emphasize you guys don't get the situation we walked into it's in a much better spot now man he wasn't I'm, wrong i'm telling not you wrong. i i came when I came for, like, my junior day that they had, they just kind of, like, walked us by the locker room. You could peek in there. It had – it was the old locker room was still there, and they were, like, knocking out the, old, the wall in the back. It was like – it looked like someone and someone's friend in town built the lockers <laughs> for the players. You know? What? Do, do you doubt that that, no. that could have happened? And painted them? Like, it did not look Somebody like Somebody got a, three college credits for building the, the lockers that semester. I was – I didn't know any different. Yeah. I was just remember thinking, huh, 
I thought it would be better than that. Well, how about the famous story of when Josh Heupel, maybe the most important player of the Stoops era, Mike Leach acting like his key to the indoor doesn't work because he doesn't <laughs> want him to see the inside of it. How that legendary is, so good. is that? That is so good. I got to ask you about the 2002 game up here coming up next. Okay. I uh, I want to know. I don't remember terms, a whole lot about it, but well, you remember the halftime speech. I do. Is that the most mad you've ever seen Bob Stoops? So we'll get that answer next. Yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that. All right. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Stay with us. It is the rush on the ref Tulsa Day. Third annual Tulsa Day. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, ref Army rolling deep. In the 918, appreciate everyone for showing up. All right, 2002, OU leads Tulsa three to nothing. The uh, I think it was a Friday night game, right? It definitely wasn't right? a Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, it was a Friday right. night game. You guys go into the locker room up three nothing, and um, Bob wasn't happy. Was that the most uh, upset you've ever seen Bob Stoops at any point in your career? Sounded like he was pretty mad. Well, no. No? But Not even close? At a game, like for a halftime, yes, yeah. by far. Um, yeah, it was not good. It was, it was 3 nothing and First game of the – I think it was the first game of the year. Yeah. And you guys come out, I don't know if well, it's flat or – Defensively, once. I think we gave up a couple of plays like in the first drive, but and they missed a field goal. But I feel like after that, we, we settled in pretty good. But I don't, I don't remember what was going on offensively, but, man, yeah, it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome, though. And I it think woke Perkins had up. a bit. Yeah, you guys woke up. It's 37-0, I think, was the final. I think Perkins had a big special teams play in the second half, and all was well after that, but 3 nothing at halftime. Oh, boy. So, now, someone can fact-check this because this is how I remember mm. it. But, obviously, it was a huge – OU crowd, right? And since it was, you know, the game was out of hand, but no one really left early because, I don't know, because you traveled to Tulsa to see the game or whatever. I don't know. But there was still a ton of people there at the end of the game. And we, I think, need out, need, milled it out to run the clock out. And if it was 37-0, like the spread was like 38. 37 and a half or 38. And the whole place was like booing like crazy. <laughs> and I had no idea what was going oh, on. And awesome. uh, my roommate, Lance Donnelly, after the game, was, I was like, dude, what was going on at the end of the game? Why were they booing? He's like, because we kick a field goal, we cover the spread. That's why they're uh, booing. So I, I don't know if that's – that's what he said. I, that was pretty funny, though. Thinking no, about that. no social media around in 2002. I can't imagine what it would have been like at halftime. Um, social media is around now. There are some slight concerns, concerns about the offense. Yeah. Here's to hoping the score is not three to nothing tomorrow at halftime because social media will be lit up well, at about 4 p.m. I don't know. I mean. That's uh, that's pretty pr- pretty good proof right there that there's no reason early in the season to to decide what a team will and won't be. I mean, that team was 3-0 against Tulsa at halftime, and that quarterback would end up getting hurt the next week, and our backup quarterback would would take over, and we'd win the Big 12 and win a Rose Bowl. So, I mean. From from three zero at halftime to that, and you're right. If there was social media, it would have been you know all the all the familiar things. But you know, I, I think this this team has plenty of talent. I think we've got it in the right places. 
I, you know, I'm just curious to see when it's going to show up. Like offensively, I'm looking for star power because it still feels like I don't know who the superstars are going to be on offense. And when you see the teams that we're competing against, there's star power everywhere. You know? Well, I mean, I hate to just immediately look at Texas, but they've got two stars at wide receiver. Texas, um, they got star, they got a star at every position on offense and a couple on defense. Uh, Cincinnati's going to have a couple. That's for well, sure. I mean, just whenever you look around the country too, like at Florida State and at Ohio State, and it, Georgia's got them at tight ends. Yeah, we. we but yeah, I mean, OU needs to start. And I, we took that for – I don't know if we took it for granted. We just got so used to seeing it. But got to be elite at the skill position yeah. once again. That's Yeah. And, you know, I don't even – I don't even think that we have to put up – I don't think Dylan Gabriel needs to put up Heisman numbers. I don't think our offense has to lead the, the country in scoring. But it's still be nice to see – like, what's the best individual offensive play we've seen so far this season? Well, it's going to anger some people. Farouk? But two guys that didn't – well, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. But two, three, and four are from guys that really didn't play all that much last week. <laughs> right. You yeah. know, so you just bringing that up, I think, makes people mad. Well – But, but yeah, Farouk's – that was – God, that was a hell of a play to score on that. And I, I think we'll see some big-time plays from these guys tomorrow. I think – you know, I, I fully expect Dylan Gabriel to have a, a really nice day. I fully expect our backs to have a really nice day. I mean, I, it should be a name-your-number type of day offensively. But, you know, they do have some guys that are good. They're two edge guys, zero and, uh, was it, 48? with um, Big O's son? Yeah. Strowski? Yeah. Those guys are good. They're strong. They're going to be really good against the run. Uh, zero Kopinski is – he's – you know, he can – he can pass rush well. He's good with his hands. Again, super strong, throwing guys around. But, you know, we should be able to run around in the secondary. We should be able to protect. If, if, we, if we come out of this game look, looking at each other saying, we got some issues here, we got some issues there, it's, it's not going to feel very good going to Cincinnati. Not to say that we can't win that game. You know, you're always going to look at things coming out of a – of a performance saying you need to get better. But if there's, like, we sense flaws and you're playing against Tulsa, those are going to look totally different against a team like Cincinnati. I'll tell you a very underrated element of tomorrow's game. <sighs> the first look this year at the best uniforms in college football. You like the Tulsa's road. uniform that, that much? <laughs> yeah, Tulsa's home <laughs> uniforms. Oh, my God, aren't they amazing? The road whites. Yeah. They're not wearing the costumes tomorrow. They're wearing the traditional road whites with the crimson helmet. Not a better look. Going to look good. Yeah. Look a little bit better um, under the lights, but I'm not going to complain. I, they look great at 2.30 as well. It'll look good. Weather's going to be great, too. Can't complain about the weather. Yeah, tomorrow should be so much fun. Um, man, I hope, I hope that we have a big day offensively because – just going to make you feel so much better yeah. going into Cincinnati. I don't like the it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily answer the, the questions that we have. It's just next week's going to be a lot easier mentally if they come out and score 52 points Yeah. tomorrow. I mean, yeah. that's, that's, that's it. Got to look dominant up front on the, on the offensive line. Yeah. Push people around. It's just it's a big day for the O-line tomorrow. I, uh, I don't expect it tomorrow. I expect it against Cincinnati, but – Personally, 
I think we need more variety in our offense, our, our, our running game. And I think they have it, you know, but I, I think that they're being, you know, pretty selective with, with what they're going to run. But, you know, we need to create more space. A lot of what we do is run up there real quick and then run zone into just a big mush of bodies. And, you know, it's good for getting four or five, six yards, which is fine. I, you know, I'm, I'm not complaining about that. But when you play better defenses and you don't create space horizontally and, you know, different levels vertically on, to, to run the football – it, it can get ugly really quick. Sounds like we need a stress-free Saturday. Yeah. We haven't had very many stress-free Saturdays in the past handful of years, and we're going to have stress-filled Saturdays here moving forward, maybe even at Cincinnati. Don't let this week be stress-free. Let's just, you know, yeah. show up. OU Tulsa, they dominate early. The game's never in question. We have a fun time up here. Go back. Let's just, no stress tomorrow. They do whatever they want on both sides. Well, That's all I ask. Is that too much to ask? Yeah. Recently, it has been. Yeah, are you kidding me? I just want tomorrow to be a little you're, different. You're going to have stress. I was stressed last week. Well, yeah, there's going to be something. Like someone's going to wear the wrong color shoes, or who knows who's going to be on the sideline, or there's going if okay. there's nothing. No sideline references, please, too soon. Well, I'm just saying that like, we cannot – go a week without creating some type of drama <laughs> it's so true twice this week man yeah twice this week after the after the game's been over that, um I, honestly though that seriously feels like it was i know a month ago 580 need levy to show up want to see levy not be so conservative put put, put people away that's from uh, ada okay yeah i'm he could use a much better game this week obviously yeah I, you know, I kind of go back and forth on that. Like, I really don't care so much about, I don't know, I, the style and the final score and stuff like that doesn't really bother me as much. And I I don't want to be too critical before there's a reason to be critical about that. But I, mean, I know people want to be put at ease seeing our offense score in one play drives over and over and over. But I need, just need to remind everyone that it wasn't very long ago where that is not what you wanted to see, right? You wanted to see defense. And whether you like it or not, or believe it or not, no coach is ever going to tell you this in front of a microphone for whatever reason. I guess I've never really figured it out because they don't want – I don't think they want recruits to, to know that maybe they're not scoring as fast as they can or, or whatever. But I style offensively – has a massive effect on how you play defensively. And you've got to find some type of balance there. I don't know how many times we've proven this over and over and over, really at all levels for the most part of football, that you've got to have a balanced team. If you want like, – you can win a conference. You can beat your rival. You can maybe even win a big New Year's Six type of game. But if you want to win a national championship, you have to have a balanced football team. And in order to have a balanced football team, you have to play to each other's strengths. So, I don't know. Hopefully we see that. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We will wrap up hour number one here from the garage next. Cavens Group bringing you this hour of the rush. Check them out, cavensgroup.com. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Third annual Tulsa Day. Got you set on an OEC football Friday. Man, I 
What's up with this K-State Missouri line? What's it at now? Like three and a half, three and a half, four. Feel like K-State's definitely the better team. Feel like they go in there and win by ten, but that line would tell us uh, otherwise here. What's some feels fishy here? I have no idea. I know that Kansas State's had some offensive line injury, but other than that, I don't know. I mean, the only thing I would say that Missouri has to where they could take advantage of Kansas State is Luther Burden, like throwing it up to him, letting him go make plays. But outside of that, I I feel like Kansas State's going to run right over the top of them. Real quick, and we'll hit more of this next hour. Who's the best player in OU football history to come out of a Tulsa high school? We got Tony Casillas, Ricky Kalmus, she means Rocky Kalmus, mm-hmm. Rick Bryan, Tony Casillas, Randy Hughes, Rocky, Jimbo Elrod. Uh, we don't we don't have a for sure answer just yet. Nope, that's a great Maybe we'll list find though. one by the end of the show. We'll see. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hour number two is next. <laughs> 